Hey y'all, welcome back to the podcast. It's been, I don't know how long it's been. I always say this, I usually say this. Um, um, this is the revelation of Jesus Christ. This is uh, the third episode, the last episode of the series, in which we're going to talk about Jesus, the great high priest. And uh, to be honest, this is a very, very, this is a topic that is very, very close to my heart because when I started, uh, I didn't I didn't know, but the Lord just took me and... Uh, he, I didn't want to make this episode and then make it, get it over with, but I wanted to experience it and to live it out. And over the past couple of days, couple of weeks, couple of months, I've just seen, I've just seen the love of God just being made manifested in my life, in even in dark areas, even in dark moments. And to just see that is just, it's amazing. It's amazing to see the Lord care so much. Today, actually, um, I was in class when. The Lord started speaking to me about the day He created me. He said that the day I created you, I was so happy. Um, I can't remember the words very well, but uh, I'll ask Him later. But this is a revelation of Jesus Christ, love made flesh. This this episode is called Jesus the Great High Priest, and we're going to and we're going to discover our High Priest, the Mediator between God and man, Jesus. And we're going to find out just about this Jesus who intercedes for us, for our sake, in front of the throne of God, day and night, because he so loves us and because it's his job as a high priest, but but because he has loved us and because he is love. And uh, my hope in this episode is that you'll get to know that you know that you know that you know. I want you to get to the point where you know that you know that you know that God loves you. God cares about you. God's heart breaks when your heart breaks. God cares about what you care about. God cares about you. God is deeply, deeply in love with you. God cares about you. God cares for you. Our loving Father, our loving friend, our loving shepherd, always there. And I want you to discover him even as I am discovering him day by day and his love, which is just amazing. It's blowing my mind. It's completely transforming everything. So let's go. Let's go. Let's get into the episode. So before we get into the episode, I want to talk about where life is at. Um, okay. 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 Let me try to find the words. Let me think about where life is at. I usually have many minutes to to think about it <laughs> like if someone asks me where life is at I, I i have many minutes to think about where life is at then then answer that is on the phone but okay life is i'm telling you i can't explain where life is at i just need to just say that god's love is amazing it's amazing it blows my mind it astounds me I go here. I think that I, when I get to a point and I just, it just keeps on getting deeper. The love of God keeps on getting deeper and I just keep on discovering it more. And it's just going to, it's just going to blow my mind because never have I known such love. Never have I ever known it. Never have I ever known that God loved me so much to the slightest, to the, the smallest detail. God loves me even to the smallest detail. 
of my life. And when he tells me about how much he loves me, and then he then tell, and then one day he just showed me a random person in the street, random people in the street, and he said, "Look at that! Look at that guy! Look at that person over there! I love them just as much as I love you." And he was like, "Wow, God!" And I wrote something to God, and I want to read it to you. I wrote on the seventeenth of February, twenty twenty-two. I wrote. It was on Thursday. Today is Saturday, my Sabbath day of rest. I wrote love. I started with the with the sentence, "You have put a song in my heart." Next sentence, I don't know how you do it, but you sure have a way of making me feel that I'm the center of your love. I have all your attention, and I'm the apple of your eye. Oh Lord, what would I what would I do without you? And I wrote. I'm a great poet, writer, and I love the art of literature. Even now, I'm the center of your attention, and that is all that matters. Even now, I'm the one you love. I am the one you love. I am your son, in whom you're well pleased, despite all my failures and mistakes. You hold me tight in your hands, and you say, "It's okay, son. I'm with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you." I care about you. I care. So I say, even now I'm the center of your attention. There is no doubt in my heart. <laughs> oh, there is no doubt in my heart that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. There is no doubt in my heart that every human being is fearfully and wonderfully made. This was just me writing, writing, journaling, and stuff. Just writing what the Lord gave me. I think I wrote this while I was at school, and the love of God. This week has been. You remember I told you in the last episode that that is episode four. So if you get this episode, this is like the revelation of Jesus of Jesus Christ. This is episode three, but I'm recording it later. So in the last episode, I said that I asked God. I said, God, if you're really speaking to me, give me three. Undeniable signs, and he gave me signs. Sign number one was what was sign number one again? Oh, it was Isaiah forty-one, and then sign number two, it was I think Matthew fourteen. Jesus and Peter on the water. He he spoke to me regarding that again, and sign number three. Oh, now this this one is good. He met me and he encountered me. This week, in a mighty way, where it, where the love of God was so clear, and I felt so loved, and I knew I was loved, and there was nothing else in the universe that could tell me otherwise. I met him, and he encountered me through a movie called The Shack. Through a movie called The Shack, really great movie. You should really check it out. It was like he encountered me, and I, I just. I just I was like, Lord, 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 and then after that, after the movie had ended, uh, he, I was just about to go on about my day, and uh, he said, "Get on your knees." And I got on my knees, and when I got on my knees, again he spoke to me, and it was just, it was just wonderful. So that is that is kind of where life is at. Still, still using, he encountered me. He encountered me, and he loved me through it all.
And that's what I want. Out of the love that God has revealed to me, I want to speak to you as well. Because when you know that 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 God loves you, nothing else matters and you're empowered to do just about everything that God has called you to do. And your life becomes all that much better because you know that God loves you. So, this episode here, the revelation of Jesus Christ, Jesus the Great High Priest, is three-parted. It has three parts. And here's point three parts, three points. Point number one is he understands. Point number two is he cares. Point number three is he loves. And that's what we're going to be focusing on. We're going to be going through the Bible and we're just going to go through all this about how Jesus understands, how he cares and how he loves and how because he understands and because he cares and because he loves, he's able to do the job of a good high priest. In fact, Hebrews goes on to call him the great high priest. And uh, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Our Jesus, who is for us and who is with us in every step of the way. He understands, he cares, and he loves. I just want to let you know that he understands, he cares, and he loves. Okay, let's get into the rest of the episode. So our main passage of scripture today is Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, 15, and 16. And this is what it says. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize. In other words, we do not, for we do not have a high priest for we have a high priest who can sympathize with our weaknesses and or but was tempted in all points as we are yet without sin let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace for our times of need let me read that again seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was, in, but was tempted in all points as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace for our times of need mercy and find grace for our times of need so here's what i'm going to do i'm going to speak about him as a high priest and how this works for him as a high priest and what he does as a high priest and what that means for us and then after that we're going to talk about the three points he understands he cares and he loves he understands he cares and he loves, he understands you, he cares about you, and he loves you. So we're gonna analyze this text and we're gonna go through it bit by bit and then we're gonna talk about it. And then after that, I'm gonna make the three points and then we're gonna close up, okay. So seeing then that we have a great high priest, newsflash, we have a great high priest, that's 
good news. We have a great high priest. Seeing then that we have a great high priest, we don't just have a high priest who's representing us before God, the Father, before the throne, but he's not just a high priest, a human high priest. He's the great high priest, the great high priest. Because if you go through the book of Hebrews, it's a very, it's not, when you read the Bible, it's not, I, I, I find it just important for myself to not take up too much, to just take bite-sized information, like little, little pieces, and then go piece by piece. If, for example, I can't do a whole chapter, maybe topic by topic, or an encounter with Jesus, or a miracle of Jesus, or a piece of psalm, or maybe two verses, or just the whole thing. But if you go through the book of Hebrews, the writer goes on to elaborate about how he goes on to make the, dis the, dis the distinction between our great high priest and the high priests that have gone before him. The high priests that have gone before him. So the distinction is that he is not human. He is not merely just human. He is also God. That's, that's, that's the distinction. And because of that, he is able to continually do his service of a, of a high priest forever. And here's another distinction. Those high priests that went before him ha had to sacrifice continually. Continually, they, they sacrifice. But he sacrificed once and for all. Once and for all. And uh, I want to tell you something. And I want to just say it from the beginning that Jesus being the great high priest means that you've got someone on your side. God the Father is on your side. God the Spirit is on your side. And Jesus is on your side. I want to tell you what this means. It means this, that the Father is for you, that Jesus is with you, and the Holy Spirit will need you. That's how this works. And now he is able now to stand before the Father. Remember, I've told you about temptation and uh, how the revelation of how temptation works. And uh, Jesus is doing his high priest job even when uh, Satan or his demons or whatever go up to heaven to ask for permission to tempt us because we are the children of God. And Satan, I want to tell you, Satan cannot do anything in your life without God's permission. He cannot touch you without God's permission. And, and he will not be above you. That is, that is good news. So because of that, when Satan comes in heaven and he comes to ask for permission to tempt us, Jesus does his job of a high priest and he intercedes. He intercedes. He stands before God and man. He has paid the price. He has paid the price. And, and so let's say in temptation, let's take this example for temptation. So I may imagine this in heaven to be like, Father, I have paid the price and the blood and my blood was, was poured for them and don't allow them to go through temptation that is higher than them because I went through it for them. I endured that so that they wouldn't have to. And because of that, God is like judge and so he does what's right. And according to the law, that is... 
the law of heaven, like the law of righteousness, God will do what is right. God will do what is right. And why? Because we have a great high priest. Let me show you one example of what I mean, just so that I can just... Luke chapter 22, and that's where we're going to be reading. Chapter 22, verse 31. We're going to start there. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon. Oh, I love this. Simon, Simon. Indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned, and when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. When you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Again, another picture of Jesus, the great high priest. So even, even for temptation, the temptations that we face, that is Jesus. Like he, the fact that they are, that God is able to use them for our good, Jesus is involved in that. He is able to do, to just work things out for our good. Why? Because he loves us and he loves us beyond our comprehension. He loves us beyond anything we can ever imagine. Jesus prayed for, for Peter that he should return afterwards. And after he's returned, that he should strengthen his brethren. And notice, notice this, that Jesus doesn't say that the devil, he does say that the devil did ask for permission to sift Peter like we, but he has prayed for him. Meaning he will be sifted, but it will not be above him. And he tells him the good news that when, he doesn't say if you have returned. He says when. Why? Because he prayed for him. But I have prayed for you. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. That's again another image of Jesus, the great high priest. Now let's continue. Now, seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession. Jesus, the Son of God. He's Jesus, the Son of God. Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. Let us hold fast to our confession. So, first of all, Jesus is the Son of God. We talked about that in the last episode. And we talked about what that meant. Jesus is the Son of God. And let us, therefore, let us now hold fast to our confession, to our faith, to Him whom we believe on. And when we come before Him, we hold fast to that confession, to that faith. We come before Him with with that, we come before him that we are saved by grace, that our sins are forgiven. We don't come before him feeling guilty. Like, when we come before him, we can come freely, just as we are. We don't have to come feeling guilty or all that. Let us hold fast, fast to the confession that our sins are forgiven. He took them all away. He knows them all, and he understands. He understands. So. Let us hold fast to our confession, that is, we're saved by grace through faith. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. 
for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. Jesus is not a high priest who does not understand us. He is not a high priest who does not know what it feels like to be human. If Jesus didn't come down on earth, then maybe we would have a right in thinking that he doesn't understand. But the thing is, he was human and he came down on earth and he understands. He understands. He understands. He understands you. He sympathizes. We have a high priest who sympathizes with us. The definition of sympathy is sharing the feelings of others, especially feelings of sorrow or anguish, or a relation of affinity or harmony between people, whatever affects one correspondingly affects the other. I said in the past two episodes about the revelation of Jesus Christ that he understands. He rejoices when you rejoice. He is sad when you're sad. Like he feels the pain. He feels your pain when you feel pain. He feels your joy when you're when you're joyous. He is with you every moment. So he can sympathize with you, with your weaknesses, with your shortcomings, with your failures, with seeing then all this, he is able. He's able then. He sympathizes with us. He understands us. He understands our weaknesses. He understands. He, he genuinely loves us. He genuinely loves us. Like he genuinely rejoices when we rejoice. He genuinely is sorrowful when we're sorrowful. I know. And there have been dark times and dark nights. When times when I would just say. God, I messed up. God, I've wronged you and I've sinned against you. God, would you please forgive me? Totally feeling unworthy of his forgiveness. That's why he came. If we were worthy, he wouldn't have to come. But he came because we were ungodly and we were sinful, and we were broken, and we were in pain. He, sympathize, he sympathizes with us. Whatever affects us, affects him, because he knows what it feels like. But was tempted in all points, as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy, and find grace for our times of need. God told Paul that my grace is sufficient. My grace is enough for you, for my strength is made perfect in your, in your weakness. Are you still coming to the throne of grace? The call in these three verses is come as you are. You don't need to prepare yourself you can get down on your knees or you can, in whatever position you're at, just open your mouth. And he's there. He's listening. He's with you. And he's for you. He, he will lead you. He will guide you. And as you come to the throne, 
He will take away all the burdens. He will take away everything. And he will give you his burden, which is light and easy. And you'll have mercy and you'll find grace for your times of need. God will have mercy on you and you'll find grace. Grace empowers us to do things. Grace empowers us to do the supernatural. Grace empowers us to live life. Grace empowers us. And when we found grace, that grace is sufficient for us. When we find grace, we're then able to walk and we're then able to handle situations that we wouldn't normally be able to handle. Why? Because His grace is sufficient. So let us therefore come boldly, not afraid, unashamed, just as we are, just as we are, with everything, with all our burdens, just as we are. And he'll, and we'll find mercy and grace for our times of need. Let God fill you up. Come to God, and he'll supply you with what you need. Come to God. So the first part of the revelation that we're going to talk about is uh, he understands. And for that, our main passage is Hebrews chapter 2, verse 15, 17, and 18. And this is what it says. And release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Therefore in all things uh, he had to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered, being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. So because he was tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. And um, in the last episode, we talked about Jesus, the Son of Man. And uh, regarding his humanity, the Son of Man, we only covered one part, his temptations. He was tempted and because he was tempted he was fully human because God cannot be tempted and he was fully God because only God can reconcile us with God only God can do that so it's a bit hard to process in our human minds just what it means for him to be fully God and fully man but he was he was and here now Recovering this part that he understands. Therefore, verse 17, he in all things, in all things, he had to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God. In all things, he had to be made like us so that he might be merciful and faithful. He is merciful and he is faithful. And because he was made like us and he went through the human experience, he understands. Like, I want to tell you, whatever you're going through, he understands. If you're joyous, he understands. If you're sad, he understands. Whatever it may be, he understands. He really does. He really does understand what it is like to be human. It, he really does understand what it is like to to go through you know what we go through 
he does understand that. Though he handled it differently because he was so close with the father, he understands because he was fully human. He, al he also had to deal with what we deal with. He also had to deal with it. He had to be made in all things. He had to be made uh, human in all things so that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God. And uh, all throughout the series, I've been saying that God understands. He understands your every thought. He understands why you do what you do, even when you don't understand why you do what you do. He understands. And uh, today, uh, as, I was, as I was about to begin recording, he said, son, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. And I don't know what he was referring to. I, I get like my memory is all fuzzy. But he, the point was, he knew what I was thinking. He knew my intention. He knew my intention. In uh, I don't know what I don't know. Is it something I said to him or? Okay, it was it was probably something I said or so, or a thought I was thinking. And he said, I know what you're thinking. Just to say that. I I know, I know. And uh, I want to tell you that God understands. God understands. That's why you can come freely to the throne of grace. Because he understands. Even the father understands. Because the father now is able to understand the situation through Jesus, who is God. And he was also man. And now Jesus is able to relay this to the father. And he's able to represent you before the father. So do come to the throne don't hide whatever you're going through if ever you go through something if ever you're happy he understands he if ever you're sad he understands in every situation he understands he understands he understands you he understands you he understands you and uh, that's that's just what i'm trying to tell you that he understands you even when nobody understands you, there are times when we feel like nobody understands us and nobody gets it, but God gets it. And more often than not, there's usually somebody who does get it, but there are some things that, that are so personal and so, they so are just personal to you that many people don't understand don't really understand they don't really understand what it is like but god understands he understands you know god is watching you all day from the moment that you wake up till you lay your, your head when you're asleep whatever you're doing god is watching you god is thinking about you he's thinking about what he can do for you. He's thinking about how he can be good to you. He's thinking about how you can fellowship with him. Do you know that God wants to relationship with you? And because he understands, he is able to, he is able now to relationship with you, to talk to you about it, to talk to you about, about the happy thing, the thing that's making you happy, the thing that's making you sad, the thing that's got you excited the thing that's got you all bummed out everything he is able now you're able now to communicate with him because he understands 
and whatever in any situation i want i want you to always remember that the the person who understands the most is god god understands the most not just because he made you and he is your creator but also because he went through it for your sake so as to get a view of what does it feel like to be human it wasn't an experiment that he was doing he actually like put everything on the line and went and became human what did what is it like to be human to actually be capable of sinning yet he yet he did not sin it is so amazing he understands he understands so point number three is he cares he cares and in point number three we're going to cover three points we have three subtopics in in this we have like we have three top three topics and three no we have three topics he understands he cares he loves and under he cares we have three subtopics three stories three encounters with jesus and uh, the first that i'd like to start with is found in uh, john chapter 4 the forsaken samaritan woman so in this story we find that jesus was headed to somewhere he was headed to he was headed to galilee wait wait yeah he was headed to galilee and uh, he was leaving judea and he had to go through a town in samaria called Sakar. and uh, as he was passing through Sakar, he was he came at a well he sat there and he and his disciples went to buy food and supplies and whatnot and uh, as he remained there it was in the afternoon or at noon at 12 a woman came a samaritan woman came to draw water probably her usual time to draw water from the well and and when Jesus sees her, he does something very interesting. He asks her for water. And he says, would you please give me some water? And the woman says, uh, firstly, she, she, she's surprised. Like, how is it that you being a Jew, is ta you're talking to me, a Samaritan woman? And then after a while, Jesus of Jesus talking with this woman, he just has this lovely conversation with with just this forgotten forsaken daughter and he just speaks and speaks and speaks with her and after a while he asks her where is your husband and she says i have no husband and he says you say well to say so and i remember in one of the episodes that i made i was talking about this and saying that i believe that it was intentional that jesus had to go through sakar and that he came to this particular well at this particular time of day and that he was led there by the spirit i believe that it was so to come for this one woman to comfort her and to tell her that she has not been left alone but behold the messiah is here and he's really come for you and he really he really cares for you he really cares for you and uh he just, after talking with her, he just showed that he cared for her and that he wanted to give her the waters of life. He wanted to give her the waters of life so that 
she would drink and have everlasting life and she wouldn't thirst again say she wouldn't be empty again he wanted to fill her up he cared about this daughter he cared about her so much that he came for her he came for her he came for the forsaken Samaritan woman he cared he cared even when nobody else cared he cared enough to come for her even when nobody else would she would she would she was just minding her own business he cared and I want to tell you that God cares about you God cares about you God loves you God cares about you and even when you don't care about yourself God still cares about you and God still still cares He's still calling out to you. He still cares about what you care about. He's telling you don't give up. He still cares. He cares about you very much, very, very affectionately. He's very affectionate. And there are times in my life when uh, I felt, I don't know, I would be so depressed. And uh, one of the reasons and one of the thoughts that I had in my mind just it wasn't an intentional thought but one of the th one of the thoughts i had in my mind was nobody cares nobody cares about me and uh i'm all alone i'm all forsaken nobody cares and uh sometimes the devil tries to tell us that we're all alone we're all forsaken god doesn't care about us nobody cares and uh that's why sometimes we that's why sometimes people commit suicide because it seems like nobody cares about them what's the point and uh, I want to tell you that somebody greater cares and uh, more often than not people do care about you people do care about you we do care about you we do need you and someone needs you someone needs to hear your story someone needs to talk to you like there's always someone in your life that needs you God has placed you in their life for that very purpose and uh, even if it does come to the worst case scenario that nobody cares I want to remind you that God cares he cares enough God still cares even when you've given up on yourself God still cares even when you've given up God still cares God still cares amen God still cares about you even on things that you've given up God still cares and uh, one of the things that God tells me has been telling me ever since December ever since December I've just had this like the, like I entered into the wilderness. I think that the 40 days I went through called the wilderness was just a preparation for this moment of life that I was going to go through. It was just a preparation. And I entered into, into just this moment where everything went dark out of nowhere. And I could, I could see it. It was like Job. It was like Job. Everything like went everything went south everything went south and uh, I could see it unravel before my eyes and uh, 
I remember just God telling me, I'm with you, I'm for you. I have not left you, I will not leave you. On the 20th of February, 2022, I wrote this down as God was speaking to me. Um, I was just feeling so discouraged about life. I was just feeling so discouraged. I think that every morning when I wake up, it's easy to think and try to process where is life at? Where am I at? And uh, a lot of the times if I think it like that, I, I get worried and discouraged. And uh, I think I, I thought like that instead of praying first in the morning. And so God started speaking to me somewhere in the day and I wrote it down. He said, I am with you. I am for you. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. Don't let the small things shake you. All this will pass away. This is not the end of you. It's only the beginning. You just take up your position in the war. That is the war with the devil. And uh, you will win. You will make it through. I will not leave you until I myself have led you through the wilderness. I will not leave you until I myself have led you through the wilderness. I found that God is very personal. And God cares about you. God cares about you even when you're forsaken god cares about you he will not leave you he will not forsake you he says he says i believe that this that he said to me i am he says even to you i am with you i am for you i will not leave you i will not forsake you god is refusing to let you go and one thing that jacob did he said i will not let you go until you bless me and I preached regarding this, and this is where the Holy On song is based on, like the main scripture. Jacob saying to God, I will not let you go until you bless me. And uh, I just, I said that hold on to God and he will hold on to you. Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. I believe that even now, God is still drawing near to you. And God is not let you go. He has refused to let you go. He has refused to forsake you and to give up on you. He will not give up on you. Would you heed his call? God cares about you. The next story that we're going to deal with is a forgotten paralyzed man. It's found in John chapter 5. And uh, the story is about this paralyzed man that's been lying sick at the pool of Bethesda for about 36 years or for about 36 years 38 it's 38 years he's been there for 38 years and uh, every time at this pull of bethesda the angel of the lord like it can't be jesus because jesus is on earth human so it must be an angel of the lord comes down and uh, stirs the water and when the angel stirs the water Whoever jumps in first gets their healing. And this man, I don't know, but can can he even as paralyzed even be able to move into the water? I don't think he can. But he has his bed. He's lying on his bed by the pool. And there's no one there who's willing to take him into the water so that he can be healed. Everybody has forgotten about him. And we hear nothing of no one who has any affiliations with him. And uh, we see Jesus. He just walks in into this place. Walks in into this place. And uh, he 
walks towards this man and he asks, do you want to be made well? He walks to this specific man and he says, do you want to be made well? Maybe that's you today. And God is asking you the question, do you want to be made well? Do you want to be made well? And the man said, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but I am but while I am coming, another steps down before me, and I don't know how this works, how he moves. But he says, while I'm coming, another takes the blessing, another takes the miracle, another takes the healing. I don't know, I have no one. I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. No one is there. Maybe maybe he's thinking that maybe you can put me in the water, but he doesn't know that this is the Savior. This is the Creator. This is the Healer. He's the one that created the human body. Oh my. He, he doesn't know. He doesn't know at all. And Jesus, he says to him, Rise up, take up your bed, and walk. So this man was forgotten. And uh, Jesus cared enough to walk in into this place of the pool of Bethesda. To walk in into this place and come to this specific man. He cares enough to, out of his time, and in ministry at about three and a half years, out of his three and a half years that he has in ministry on earth, he comes, walks, takes like maybe hours or just takes some time and comes to this one man lying by the pool who's been sick for 38 years. I want to tell you that God has not forgotten about you. God has not forgotten about you. God has not forgotten about you. And uh, that is like, that is good news. God has not forgotten about you. God has not forgotten about you. He cares. He cares too much to do that. He cares too much. He loves you too much to leave you now. God has brought you too far to leave you now. He's not forgotten about you. He has not, not in the least. In Psalm 139, and I quoted this in the last episode, the Bible says, How precious also are your thoughts towards me, O God. If I would count them, they would be more in number than the sands of the sea. Do you know, it's like God desires to be your friend. God desires. He wants to be your friend. He wants to be involved in your everything. God wants to have a relationship with you. I'm telling you, that's why, that's what this all is about. His love is all about wanting a relationship with you. It's all about wanting a relationship with you. God wants to be your God, and He wants you to be His child. And if you are, He wants that relationship to be in work. He wants to be your God, and He wants you to surrender to Him. As his child because God cares about you God has not forgotten about you even when people forget about you 
if it so happens that they do, God has not forgotten about you. Even when it seems like God has forgotten about your situation, I want to tell you that God has not forgotten about you. He's coming. He's coming. And he'll walk in. And he'll pass by every other thing. And nothing will stop him. No obstacle is going to stop him. And he's going to come straight at you. And he's going to ask, Do you want to be made well? And he's going to do it. God has not forgotten about you. He cares. He cares too much to leave you. He's too good a God to leave you. God cares about you. So whenever you feel forgotten, I want you to keep in mind that you are the beloved of the Lord. Do you know what that means? It means that even now God is thinking about you. He's, he's looking down at you and he's smiling. He's pleased in you. He rejoices in you. God is always thinking about you. And God's plan for your life still applies. There's still, as long as you're alive, there's still grace for His will to be done. As long as you're, li you're alive, there's still grace for His plan for your life to be accomplished. His plan is not off for your life. His plan still goes on. Amen. His plan still goes on. He still goes on. It still goes on because he cares about you and he loves you too much. God wants to have a relationship with you. Would you now seek now, draw near to God, seek to have a relationship with him as well. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. If you read the prophets, you'll find like this great multitude of, it's like a love letter, God to Israel, God to Israel and Judah, God to his people. He's calling them back over and over. He does over and over. I think that God is like, he's desperate to, to have a relationship with you. He wants, he seeks, he desires a relationship with you. He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to be involved in every part of your life. Why? Because he cares. I told you, and I've been telling you that God cares about what you care about. If it's important to you, then isn't he the one who put it in you to care about it? Just think about it. Some things that if it's important to you, that isn't God the one who put that 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 importance attached to that certain thing to you it's god he cares he cares he cares about you amen and for the third part of this topic he cares we have john 11 the delayed miracle lazarus the delayed miracle so if you read the story in John 11, let me just read it quickly. Now there was a certain man who was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, a town of Mary and her sister Martha. Martha. 
It was Mary who anointed Jesus with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, him whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of Man may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to his disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in a day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of the world. But if one walks in, in the night, he stumbles, because the light is on, on him. These things he said, and after him he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him. Then his disciples says, said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Then Thomas, who is called the twin now, I love this, said to his fellow disciples, this is sarcasm, he says, let us also go that we may die with him. <laughs> uh, it's like, great, let's also go that we may die with him. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles, and many of the Jews had joined the women around Mary and Martha to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary was sitting in the house. And I love this part. When Martha meets Jesus, she says, Verse 21, now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. And we skip over and we find Mary. And Mary says the exact same thing, like word for word. And she says, Lord, if you had, not, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how much he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind have also kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me, and I know you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. 
Now when he said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was wrapped in a, with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. Jesus stayed back two more days when he heard that. He stayed back two more days. Two more days. You know, as children of God, there are times when God delays his coming to do something. He's moving in a certain situation. God delays sometimes on purpose. Maybe he delays because there's still work to be done in us. Like with the children of Israel, he didn't take them into the promised land immediately. He had them go through a wilderness so that he could prepare them. And uh, to see, they were not prepared because as soon as they made it into the promised land, they betrayed God and they started serving other gods and became idolatrous and stuff. And they just dishonored their God. Sometimes God delays because he wants to do a work. But he cares. We see that it said that Jesus loved Mary, Martha, and their brother Lazarus very much. He loved them very much. He loved them very much. And sometimes we ask the Lord. Sometimes Jesus shows up and we're like, now you show up? Where were you this whole time? Where were you, Jesus? And I want to tell you that he's still on time. He's not a second late. He's still on time. And uh, he cares. And because he cares, he will, he will bring back to life. Not another Lazarus. He will not give another person. But the same Lazarus he will bring back to life. The same Lazarus. Maybe you want a healing. And he'll bring about a resurrection. Because he works in just such wonderful, wonderful ways. And it is because he cares. He cares for the forsaken. The forgotten. And even those who are delayed to whom he has delayed he cares he cares he still cares about you god still cares about you and it is because god cares that in all this i found that through the hardships of life i am able my relationship with god grows deeper more through hardships than it does through good times it grows stronger through hardships than the opposite of easy times so my relationship with god your relationship with god it is a great opportunity for you to grow closer to god in hardships the bible says in james that consider it great joy consider it an opportunity for great joy whenever trials before befall you consider it an opportunity for great joy the first part of that sentence is Consider it an opportunity. It's an opportunity. Trials are an opportunity to be closer to God. Our problems bring us back to God. When we come up against something that we can't do anything about, but we know that God can do something about, then uh, we come back to God. And God is always open. His arms are always opened. He's always welcoming. His arms are always opened. He welcomes all, each and every one of us. And he says, come, come to me. Come to me, I'll help you. Come to me, 
I've got the solution. Come to me. I care about you. He cares. Peter says, cast all your cares unto God because he cares for you. So if anything's worrying you, it's bothering you, just bring it to God in prayer. This is how prayer works. I think that a lot of my prayers that they originated from a concern. They originate from a concern or just a thought. And if I'm worried about something, I just bring it to God. Bring it to God in prayer. In Philippians, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer, with supplication, with supplication and thanksgiving. Make your requests made known unto God. Make your requests made known unto God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall guard your hearts and minds. Therefore, this is why we come boldly to the throne of grace, because He cares. We come boldly to the throne of grace because He understands, because He cares, and because He really, He's, he's not, He's not like, he, He's not like, I don't care attitude. He cares. He really, really cares. Because He understands and because He cares, we come boldly to the throne of grace so that we might receive mercy and grace for our times of need. God wants to have a relationship with you, and this relationship works in this way. He wants to be your friend. And remember, He's not just your friend. He's also your God. He, he wants to be your God, and you, His child. He wants to be your friend, and you, His friend. He wants to help you. He wants to have a relationship with you. So, because He cares, come to God whenever. Talk to Him about everything and anything. Anything and everything, just talk to Him. Be open with Him. Don't try to hide anything from yourself or from God because He already knows what you're thinking. Just tell Him everything just as it, as it is. Tell Him your thoughts just as they are. If you're worried, if you're afraid, I remember in the last episode I said that, I, I said that God, I, I, I was telling God this, I'm afraid of trusting you. That was like, honesty, like get it out before God. He can handle it. He can handle it. Get it out. He's listening. He cares. He's lingering to listen to you because God cares about you. So the last part that we have is, the, la the last point is he loves. And to start, we're going to be reading out of John 13, verse 1 to 5. Now before the feast of Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And supper being ended, the devils having already put it into the heart of Judas, of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given, had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. Having loved his own to the end, he loved them to the end. He got down and he started washing their feet. Jesus, the servant, 
king is the king who loves you so much that he's going to get down with you. He's going to get down with you. He's a God who's with you even in the lows. He's not afraid to get down with you. He's not afraid to be with you even in the low. He remains the same. He's still faithful even in the valley. He's still faithful even on the hills. God is still faithful. He still cares about you. And because he still cares about you, he still understands. And he still loves you even then. Even when you're at your lowest, God cares about you. Even then, God cares about you. You know, there's a new song that I received about, I think, in no, in no more than, in no more than uh, three weeks ago, but in the past weeks, um, one, of the, one of the songs was Nothing I Can Do. And the song said, there's nothing I can do. There's nothing I can do. There's nothing I can do. There's nothing that can change your love that can change your love. There's nothing that can change your love. Nothing is ever going to change his love for you. Nothing you can do is ever going to change his love for you. He's not going to change his mind about you. He still cares about you. And he still loves you enough that when you're at your lowest, he'll help you through. That when you're down, when you're down, he'll reach out his hand to help you. When you're drowning like Peter was, He'll reach out his hand to pick you up. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand, the Bible says. And he grabbed Peter's hand. And they walked back to the boat. Immediately. Quickly. As soon as Peter said, Lord, help, I'm drowning. He, immediately, he reached out his hand. He's close to you. He loves you. He wants to have a relationship, a personal relationship with God. You know, last year I got I kind of like infuriated and revolted at some point in the year. I was like, wait a second, my relationship with God is so shallow. At some point in the year, still at the beginning of the year last year, I was like, I don't want to have a, a shallow relationship with Almighty God. I don't want my relationship with Almighty God to be shallow. I serve a supernatural God. I want that. I want to have a relationship, a relationship with him, with almighty God. And uh, from that moment, I just, I just started, we just started working on that. And, you know, personally, I think that I'm always trying to get back to the moment of my first love. As I mentioned in the last episode, the moment of my first love was in the seventh grade. And I wrote, and I wrote something about it. It was in the seventh grade, the moment of my first love. Now listen to what I wrote. Here it is. It's titled, The Moment of My First Love. I wrote it on the 15th of February, 2022. It was a sweet moment when I first fell in love with the Lord. It was in that moment that I realized I'm not alone. In that moment, my Lord became my friend and my friend became my helper, leading me to realize I'm not alone. I was in the seventh grade. He was in eternity. He often visited me. Day after day, he would return. Night after night, I would find him. It was in those moments that I truly came alive. There was something different in my life. It was the Lord. He was the sun in the morning. He was the breeze in the evening. He was my everything. We did everything together. He was my teacher. He was my help. He told me secrets and mysteries. 
he opened up to me. But as time went on, I withdrew. I did not seek him as passionately. I did not love him as fiercely. I was harming my relationship with him unintentionally by neglect. Though I ran away from him, he would always find me. Even when I fell, he picked me up. I did not understand why. Why do you love me so much? I said. Why do you care? And that and that's my little I don't know I don't know what to call this piece of literature, whether poem or or whatever it is, whatever it is. But I'm always trying to get back to that moment of first love because I realize day by day I'm coming to realize that God wants to be involved in every part of my life. God wants me He wants all of me. He wants all of my time. He wants to do everything together. When I wake up, he greets me. When I go to sleep, he 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 wishes me good night. When as I go through the day, we're talking, we're friends. Like we're really we're great friends. And the point of these episodes is is to get you to realize that God wants to be friends with you and God cares about you. Every moment I've come to see that every moment hardship or not hardship is an opportunity for me, for my friendship with God to deepen. I want your friendship with God to deepen. God is calling out to you and he wants you to know him. And hearing his voice, I think the purest way of hearing his voice is through his word. And when he speaks to me through his word, there's keywords. Okay, so if there's something that I'm going through, I, I will look for what I think it relates to the spirit gives me. Um, let's say I'm doubting. I'm like, oh, we have doubting Peter who's drowning. And I'm like, yeah, I'm totally drowning. I feel like I'm drowning emotionally. So I go there. I go to Matthew 14 where Peter's drowning. And I read about it. And it, and Jesus says, oh, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? And then the wind ceases. And uh, the one of the purest ways of hearing God is through his word. And there's key words. When I read his word, there's key words like, forsake right now like remember i told you what god says i'm with you i'm for you i will not leave you i will not forsake you and i will like if i find somewhere where there's there's those key words i'm like that's god speaking to me and and it's not only through his word it's also sometimes he speaks to me through like messages that i listen to preachers that i that i listen to and uh, you know, when he wants to make something clear to me, he's going to say it through this preacher, and then he's going to say it through that preacher, and then through that preacher, and then I know, I'm like, <laughs> there's no way that it's not God. There's no way that I know, that I know, that I know, that it is God. God calls out to each and every one of us, and God wants to speak to each and every one of us, and hearing his voice, and he speaks to me all day. And I remember when I first started hearing his voice audibly, his still small voice. In about December, I, I was going to doubt it. And then he gave me 1 Kings 18, where Elijah goes up to meet the Lord. And then fire passes, wind, the rocks crack. And then after that, there's a still small voice. And that was the Lord. And when I, when I read that, it just strengthened my belief in the still small voice of God. 
And I believe that it's for everybody. I believe that everybody can hear God, God's still small voice. And I remember when I was beginning to hear this voice, I guess speak to God, expect to hear from him. And also like create an atmosphere in your mind where you can hear from him, like clear out the, the clear out the, the junk out of your mind and just create an atmosphere in your mind where you can hear from, from him. And I, and I'm telling you, God wants to speak to you. Yes, even audibly. And uh, he want you're going to be great friends with God. He wants to be friends with you. He's, he, he, he's been waiting for it all eternity. He created you so that he could be friends with you and be involved in your everything. He wanted life with you. He wanted to walk through the days with you. This is what God dreamed up, to be your friend. And more than you want to hear God, God wants to speak to you. More than you want a relationship with God, God wants a relationship with you. So would you now heed his call? Because God, God is turning towards you. God is turning towards you. God cares about you. God loves you. It's because he loves, he loves you. So now, seeing that God wants a relationship with you and you want a relationship with him, come as you are. He's listening. He understands. He cares. And he loves you. So, come as you are. Come to the throne. Come to the throne because he's the great high priest. And he understands and he can relate to you. He can relate to you. To God the Father and speak in regards to you. Remember, there was this Peter... There was this whole thing with Peter where God said, where Jesus says, I have prayed for you. I have prayed for you. And when you return, he was interceding. We have Jesus on our side. The Bible says nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. Isaiah 53, verse 3 to 5. He is despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid him on him the iniquity of us all. One of the things that I try to reveal here is that we've, maybe we've perceived God wrong. God is love and God is very, God wants to have a relationship with you more than you, more than you do. God is love. God is love. And this is what he speaks of himself in uh, Exodus. In Exodus 34, he says, Now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed his name. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousand, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. That's who the Lord is. 
He is love. God is love. Jesus, the great high priest, is the one who stands before us, before the Father. And because he was made human, he is able to represent us mercifully, with mercy. He is able now to be a merciful and faithful high priest. Because he knows, because he understands, because he cares, and because he loves. And now ending this episode and this series, I want to tell you, God really wants to have a relationship with you. So now, as you try, I want to tell you that God is seeing God is seeing your effort. God is seeing you try. And so, approach, draw near to God. He'll draw near to you. Draw near to God and come to God. He won't push you away. He won't reject you. He'll welcome you. And he'll give you mercy and grace for your times of need. Can you imagine going through the hardships of life with the God who created the universe? Going through them like easy, like whew, like walking on dry land when there should be, when there's two walls of Red Sea. That's how it is. Life with God. Life with God is an adventure. And I wanted you to come to see that God is love. And life with God is an adventure because God loves you. He'll walk. He wants to walk with you in life. And as a great high priest now, as a great high priest, he prays for us. He prays for us before the Father. According to, according to the will of God, he prays for us before the Father. And when he prays, the Father does things for us. Why? Because he has asked. And because he asks because he's the son of God, it, it is done for us. And some of the things that we have in life, some of the things that we enjoy, in fact, all that we have is because Jesus has asked on our behalf. It's because Jesus has asked on our behalf. But also now, Jesus says that the time is coming when you will no longer, from now on, you will no longer have, you'll no longer say to me, Lord, can we ask this to the Father and then, I'll say to you that I'll pray to the Father, but you yourself will pray to the Father. He's made the way now to come to know the Father one-on-one. -on -one. And I believe this is your opportunity. This is an open door for you to come to know God one-on-one. -on -one. And so dwell in his word, abide in his word, seek his face. And I'm telling you, he will not hide his face from you. He will not hide his face from you. He will not hide himself from you. He wants you to know him he will not it's not like a hidden mystery that takes so much just ask just ask the holy spirit reveal yourself to me reveal your love to me and he'll do it because he loves god loves you yes god loves you amen hey i hope you enjoyed that episode and uh it was talking about the great high priest and I want you to remember that we have a high priest. And how do we, how does this work? It works in prayer. We get to encounter our high priest in prayer. And when you make your requests made known unto God, our high priest, he brings them to God. Um, prayer is a sacrifice. It's kind of like a priestly thing. Um, it's a sacrifice of prayer and it, the, the prayers of the saint. 
I remember in Revelations they were mingled with frankincense and they smelled so good in the presence of God. Our prayers are sacrificed and Jesus is the great high priest and when we offer up this sacrifice to God, he is then he is he is then able to out of the sacrifice he he accepts our sacrifice of prayer because our our high priest offers our prayers to God and uh, they're according to the will of God. We offer up our prayers to God. We just come to God. We encounter this high priest in prayer. Cast all your cares unto God because he cares for you. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer, with supplication. Make your requests made known unto God. Make your requests made known unto God. Be anxious for nothing. So, in prayer, it's all by prayer. It's all by prayer and in relationship with God. And I believe that prayer and is, is one of the foundations. Prayer, the Word of God, worship, and also fellowship. Those are four of the foundations of developing your relationship with God. And we encounter this high priest. Just, just, we just encounter him. You know, I want to tell you something. Um, on Friday last week Friday was let me see the date today is Monday the 28th of February um fr then Friday Friday was okay yesterday was the 27th um 26th 25th on the Friday the 25th of Febu February um I was a song a song was playing in the background and I just heard the Lord say to me get on your knees and worship and I got on my knees in worship and I knew that Jesus was in the room. I knew that I knew that I knew that he was in the room. And I got on my knees and I sensed his presence so strong. And we spoke. And we spoke. The great high priest. There was an authority and a love to his voice. An authority and a love to his voice. Into the words which he, would, which he was speaking to me. And I want you to know that you've got a high priest in heaven you've got a high priest so now you can come boldly before god the father you can come boldly before god so that you might receive mercy and grace come boldly before god i remember at some point in around december when uh, in during the wilderness when i first started the wilderness i knew that i needed that i needed to get in the word of god but i was afraid to get in the word of god because i was afraid that the word of god was going to point out something wrong with me and condemn it but instead the word of god if it has pointed out anything wrong within me it has shown me how to right the wrong the word of god is not you can come boldly just as you are unafraid unashamed he will welcome you and so i'm thinking that the next episode that we're starting with the series the mental health series i don't have a name for it yet for yet for it yet but we'll see as time goes on and do you notice how scrambled my words are today i just i just my my mind is it it's like i'm i'm speaking this in uh words just language it's easy to get words mixed up but as we're starting with that I don't have the name for it but it's gonna be five episodes we're gonna talk about dealing with depression there's gonna be fear um, there's gonna be 
Oh, oh man. I I remember I had another one. I had another one, but we'll see as we go episode by episode. So I hope that you enjoyed this and I hope that this spoke something to you. And if it spoke something to you, feel free to reach out and uh, contact me and let me know what you thought of the episode. And I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.